0: I'm going to refrain from putting the metal to the, pedal, my, the pedal to the metal and I'll slow it down just a little bit because this sermon, as we are exploring this spring season, is taking images from the road and driving and applying those to the road of faith and to our lives as spiritual people. We are looking at rules for the road of faith in this series. And um, there are a number of analogies from driving that can be used in our spiritual lives if we think about it. Maybe not everything applies, but many do. I often, uh, when I talk to couples uh, in the premarital process, one of the things I talk about is how um, if you've ever been driving, and perhaps you've had this experience, You're driving on a longer trip, and um, you put the car on cruise control, and your mind just sort of wanders, and maybe you're daydreaming, and all of a sudden you come to, and you don't remember the last few miles that you've been driving. Have you ever had that experience? I know I have. That can happen in a relationship. Two people can be traveling down the road of life. It's as though everything's going well, smoothly. It's like their lives are on cruise control, and very slowly not over a few minutes, but over a period of months, two people can drift apart without even knowing it. And then they kind of come to and realize they've drifted apart. And and I use that to remind couples to always stay in touch and don't start taking each other for granted or just go through life on cruise control. But it's also true in the spiritual life. One can put your life on cruise control and forget about God. Things are going well, so um, we just sort of take God for granted. And when something bad happens, then all of a sudden the prayers go up. God, if you help me with this or if you get me out of that, I promise I'll do this or that, right? So there are lots of connections between driving and faith. The last two weeks we have explored you can't drive a park, you can't steer a parked car, um, The analogy there is pretty obvious, that you have to be in motion to be able to control the direction that you're going, and so we have to keep moving forward. Uh, We can't stay stuck and expect that things will happen for us. And then last week, Michael helped us reflect on the idea that we can't go forward without a rearview mirror. In other words, we need to be able to reflect on, remember, and be uh, impacted by the past so that we can focus on the most important thing in life, which is to move forward. And today... You can't pass in the slow lane, or at least you shouldn't, and very often you can't because you're behind other slow cars, Um, and this sermon, I have to say, may not be for any of you, but it is definitely for me, because when it comes to driving, I like to get out in the left lane. Don't, Don't tell Michelle this, but I like to get out in the left lane. I like to pass and make good time on long road trips. And so um, I do it here and around this area as well. Um, But I want to be confessional about my spiritual life because that's what we're really here for today. Lately in my spiritual life, I feel like I've sort of been in the slow lane for too long. Now, there are times when we need to slow things down, and uh, later in this series, we're going to talk about the need for rest. But you can stay in the slow lane too long where things aren't moving very quickly And you can just kind of get stuck in that rut of just things not going uh, with much progression. And that has been true for me, and I admit that. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about it, but maybe you've had parts of your life that have been in the slow lane too long. Someone, not in this church, described himself as being pretty slow. In fact, he said it takes him an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. Now, I know none of us are that slow, but it's easy to be content in the slow lane of life. I also know personally for me, it's easy to remember times when in my spiritual life and faith life, I'm cruising along full speed ahead. And then when I get to slower times, I think, well, I was doing so much before that that covers it and all makes it good. But I need to remember That while there's a balance between perhaps slowing down and speeding up, um, staying slow too long is not a good thing. And so I want to read again our passage uh, from Paul in Philippians that was read for us because there's so much in this passage. Whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as lost because of Christ. And then our text picks it up. More than that, I regard everything as lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish. Now, the Greek word here is interesting. Um, it really means refuse. And as my Greek professor in seminary told me, the literal translation is the S word. I count the past as, well, okay. In order, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Such an appropriate passage in this Eastertide season that we cannot take this gift of resurrection and new life for granted. Not that I've already attained this, Paul continues, or I've already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, But this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us then who are mature be of the same mind. And if you think differently about anything, this too God will reveal to you. Only let us hold fast to what we have attained. Brothers and sisters, join in imitating me and observe those who live according to the example you have in us. Pressing on toward the goal in Jesus Christ means not staying stuck in the slow lane. It doesn't mean accelerating and speeding at 90 miles an hour. But it does mean making progress and taking risks and getting out there. And that's part of what it means to press on in Christ Jesus, to keep moving, to not stay stuck. It's a wonderful story that's taken from a number of years ago when a group of senators were taking a boat excursion and tour on the Potomac River. It was a very hot day and they decided to land at one little area, it wasn't a big boat, and they had to take off their shoes and socks to get out and wade into the water up onto the bank. One of the senators um, dropped his sock, and it got caught in the water, and before he could grab it, it was gone. And so um, there had been a, a columnist, a reporter along on this journey, and here's what the columnist reported on afterwards. He said that if the same thing had happened to me, I would have taken the one remaining sock and put it in my pocket and brought it home. I have a whole drawer full of single socks at home. I won't ever find the mate, but one cannot throw away a perfectly good single sock. My life is full of single socks. I have one in my drawer at home, too, by the way. Things that have no possible use for me. There is so much in my life, he continues like that. But I realize that I've got to clean out all of the things that are perfectly good but good for nothing and get down to some simple basics. But the one thing I do forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call in Christ Jesus. That's The priority. Not that I've already made it, but I press on. That's the journey. Bishop Robert H. Spain tells how Casey Stengel, the former baseball manager, some of you may remember him. He said, there are two kinds of baseball managers. Managers who have been fired and managers that will be fired. Bishop Spain then goes on to show how there are two kinds of Christians. Those who have lost their passion for the Lord and those who will. We all suffer some periods of spiritual dryness or slowness. I think that's true if we're honest with ourselves. Sometimes we feel guilty for our slowness, our stuckness in the spiritual life. But it's helpful to know that we all have periods of slowness, times as though we're staying too long in the slow lane. It's also helpful to be encouraged to press on, to press on with a focus on Christ. A holy man was, was sitting in the doorway of his hut at sunset, and his dog was outstretched upon the threshold. As a spiritual seeker approached the old man, why is it, Abba, that some who seek God come to the desert and are zealous in prayer but leave a year or so later while others like you remain faithful to the quest for a lifetime? And the old man smiled and replied by telling him a story. One day, sitting in the sun with my dog, a large white rabbit ran across in front of us. My dog jumped up barked loudly, and took off after him. And it wasn't long before other dogs heard the barking, and they came along and began running and barking too. They went through thickets and thorns, and gradually, however, one by one, those other dogs, they tapered off and went home. Only my dog continued to hotly pursue the white rabbit. In that story, young man, is the answer to your question. The spiritual seeker sat in silence, but Abba, I don't understand. What is the connection between the rabbit chase and the quest for holiness? You fail to understand because you failed to ask the obvious question. Why didn't the other dogs continue on the chase? And the answer to that question is that they had not seen the rabbit. Unless you see the prize and the goal, the chase is just too difficult, and you will lack the passion and determination and perseverance Necessary to perform all the hard work that's required by the discipline of your spiritual exercises. The one thing I do, straining forward, I press on toward the call of the upward movement in Christ Jesus. Our focus is on Christ. If we can't see that we won't be able to continue the journey. And so from our Romans text that Eleanor read, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You see, these bodies of ours are the vehicles through which we travel the road of faith. Our spirits, our bodies, they work together on this journey of faith. And we are to present them as our spiritual worship and sacrifice to God. Not being conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can discern what is the will of God, what's good and acceptable. That's getting our lives aligned with God on the journey, on the road of faith. Do not, he continues at verse 11, do not lag in zeal. Don't stay stuck in the slow lane. Be ardent in prayer. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering and persevere in prayer. It's an onward growth process. It's one that requires us to move forward, to make commitments, and to get out there on the road of life. It's true on the road and on the road of faith. You can't pass in the slow lane. So if you're feeling stuck and things are slow in your spiritual life, take heart. You're not alone, and neither do you need to remain stuck there forever. For one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So friends, let's press on. Let's press on. Amen.